We're in Psalms chapter 90. Psalms, not really shouldn't say Psalms chapter 90, but Psalms 90. And it's interesting to me that God has chosen, he's a God of music. Music starts in the heart is for the Lord. The, long, the biggest, longest book in our Bible is the song book. 150 psalms and psalms. And of course, there's the Song of Solomon and others that uh, God has put through the scriptures. But I'm very grateful for the book of Psalms and for the truth that it gives us. I, I draw your attention to that tonight because we start a new year. Uh, there's a lot of things I look back as I close the book of 2022. We'll never go back there again. It's done. Uh, we've, we've turned in the book of that. We have signed off on a, uh, our uh, our. Uh, autobiography in 2022 unedited. <laughs> we can't go back and change anything. And we can't make a new past, but we can make a new future and a new beginning today. And as we go into 2023, first of all, I want to thank you for being here on a, on a Sunday night service. They say that 8% of churches in America have a Sunday night service. I'm glad we're in that 8%. And I thank God that you would come. And I thank, the, thank you that you're being faithful to the Lord. I love to see young couples and young couples with children and single adults to make the priority to be in the house of God. And some of you live a lot farther than I live from the church. And you, you time you get home, it's about time to turn around and come back. And I want to thank you for those who work in the choir and the orchestra and come back early. And those who do us mic checks and the audio visual. And so many folks work very diligently. Talked to a couple people coming across from the Spanish congregation tonight and they were locking up some of the buildings on the street, the youth centers, and making their way in there. And some folks will get in buses tonight and make their way back to Chicago and drop people off. And there'll be a bus mechanic that will wait and, and uh, see if there's anybody that needs to be brought in. Or they'll work on vehicles while they wait for the people to come back and bring the buses tonight. So many hardworking people. But as we face 2023, uh, one thing is true is all of us, if we get to live... 365 days from today, and we show up together here again in 2024, if God doesn't come back and doesn't send his son, all of us will have something in common. If, if we haven't, there will be some folks that are listening tonight that you will have, there will be a funeral for you. None of us can guarantee that our casket's not in town today. Some of you will get married this year. Some of you will have a child. Not plan to have a child, but you will, and, and that'll be wonderful between now and next year. Uh, some of you will... Uh, be called into service and ministry. Uh, all of us who want God to do a work in our life for sure. But if we have the opportunity to gather uh, one year from today, we will all have had the same amount of time to make decisions with. We've got only one life. We've got one investment to make. And, and part of that is with time. And Psalm 90 is a unique uh, uh, psalm of, of our Bible and that it was written by Moses. Now, Moses uh, didn't write most of the Psalms. Matter of fact, we don't know, maybe two or three that he wrote. Most of them were written by David. Some were Asaph and some were Solomon. And, but, and some of their anonymous uh, uh, writers. But, uh, but Moses would be the earliest uh, writer. He, of course, uh, was used of God to write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But he also, God recorded two of his Psalms, Psalm 90 and Psalm 91. And, of course, Moses' job was to lead the people of God out of, out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. What should have been maybe a 17-day journey turned out to be 40 years, going round and round and round and round, something that could have happened very simply, but because of a lack of faith. Uh, faith is the most important thing about me and you. 
what we believe about God. And of course, the lack of faith always causes uh, a loss of time. Something that should have been so easy turned out to be so complicated. There were lots of funerals in the wilderness. Uh, everybody, 40 years old and older, they died in the wilderness. And there were many funerals every day. Multiple people died and were buried and didn't get to go in the promised land because of a lack of faith. But we see uh, here Moses uh, just, uh, he references time. I found different verses, different words about that. And you can look at it yourself. I don't want to argue about how many times time is referred to here. But I would say definitely over 20 and maybe a little bit less than 30 times uh, time is referred to. Generation, day, night, uh, watch. So many different things that God's going to bring years are here in this passage of Scripture. Let's look at a couple things, if we can, please, and then I want to draw your attention to a few more thoughts as we get ready to go into 2023, and I want to thank you for being here tonight. Dear Lord, would you please help me to be a blessing? I don't want to waste the time of the people, and I love them, and you love them far more than I, and, and I want to help them. I've, I've spent a lot of time going over this passage and trying to study and read and I know that, that we can't spend a lot of time on any one verse, but I want to be able to say what you think is important. Please help me to stay in that vein, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number one, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Remember, they lived in tents. They were nomads. They didn't have a place. There was no city for them to be in. They would go into Jericho initially and Ai and all the other places. They would get those 10 cities they would conquer. And by the way, there are 10 cities they would conquer over a period of five years that they would go. And the first city was Jericho. And God says, don't take the loot out of there. That's mine. And by the way, just to remind us, another example of learning to honor the Lord with the 10th. With, the, with one penny out of every dime. Whatever you do, don't spend God's money. Don't take God's tithe on vacation with you. Uh, if you're going to be gone, you make sure you leave it uh, for God's sake. And Achan found out about that. He, found, he, he, he thought he didn't have to do that. He could take that Babylonian garment and the gold and silver. And Well, that's always a, a not a good idea for a child of God who understands that. There's something that happens when we learn to honor the Lord with, that, uh, with our substance. But they didn't have a city. There was no Jericho. They were wandering around. And, and, uh, and, but the beautiful thing, both in chapter 20, uh, excuse me, chapter 90 and uh, in Psalm 91, is he says, the Lord is our habitation. You have been our dwelling place. And boy, I think that's probably a good place to live. You know, if you don't like where you're living, you can always move. But God always asks you to live with him. He said, I can, I can be your security. I can be your covering. I can be... Uh, your manifestation there. And I love that about God. He says, the Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. I think generations, the first time I see the word uh, uh, that refers to time. And, and he said, for all these generations, you have been the place we can go to. You have been our security. You know, every time God gives you a gift, watch out. Don't fall in love with the gift at the expense of the giver. Everything is about God. He's the beginning, he's the alpha, he's the omega. Your house, don't worship your house. Your car, your career, your, your plans, your dreams. Listen, all of those need to be come through the understanding of how does God see this 
Everything needs to start with God. He said, Lord, you're the place we live. You're our habitation. You're our dwelling place for all generations. Verse number two, would you look at it if you would, please? The Bible says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. Would you read those three words with me? That's a good verse. To under, that's a good couple words to underline. But he uses the term everlasting. You always were and you always will be. And just a reminder of the eternality of God, the immutability of God. He doesn't change. And he always was. He always will be. He is God. And you don't want to be God. Your arms are way too short to box with him. You want to recognize who he is. And here the psalmist tells us, number one, you're where we live. Number two, you're God. And you always were and you always will be. And what, everything is better when you put God in his rightful place. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to believe one thing about God, number one, that he is, that he is who he said he was, and he could save your sin, and you could get saved. But then also believe that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. I've said this before, but I want to remind you, most of our problems is we do not trust God's rewarding process. And we don't see success or results or things we want, and, and we don't, it's, not, it's not clear to us, we start to doubt God. Wherever God puts a period, Satan puts a question mark. It's just what he does. He loves to make you and I think negative things about God. But the psalmist here says, Lord, you're where I live. You always were. You always will be. And you're my God. Let's all say that together. You're my God. Would you mind saying to the Lord? One more time. You're my God. I think all of us ought to every once in a while say that. And whenever you're going through a difficult time, I like what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, man, I was, uh, I was perplexed, but I wasn't in despair. He goes, I, I was, I was uh, cast down, but I wasn't cast out. You know what he said? He goes, I believe, therefore have I spoken. He said, I, I just decided, you know what, and I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Things are not good for me. I don't, I, I'm, I'm cast down. I'm not destroyed. I've got more questions than answers. I'm perplexed. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to verbalize my belief. I think it's a good exercise for every child of God to occasionally look into the heavens, especially on a difficult day, and say, God, I trust you. I trust you. You're my God. And I love this verbalizing of Moses. He said, thou art our God. You're God. Look at verse number three, would you? Thou turnest man to destruction. And by the way, another word for destruction, uh, most commentaries will say it's dust. He said, you know, dust you came, dust you'll return, and said us, return the children of men. Verse number four, read it out loud with me. For a thousand years and are but as yesterday is as a watch in the night. Here the Bible tells us uh, Moses, who certainly knew God, he says about God, he says, you know what? God, in your sight, a thousand years is like what happened to me yesterday when I, when I went to bed on Friday night and I woke up. And, and, it went, and it came midnight last night, that 24 hours. He said, he said, a thousand years to you is like one day. Now, the apostle Peter repeated that in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 8. You can go back and look at that and maybe write that in your margin. But he reminds us about that. It was, it was a time when people were questioning, if God's all that, then why didn't he come back and fix everything? He said, oh, look, man, God's not on your timetable. That's what he's going to say. You know, if, if you were to look at that, a minute to God is about uh, 353 days to us, or 253 days to us, about eight and a half months. So if you look at a 1,000 years as a, to a day, 
that means a minute of time to God is like 253 days to you and me. Uh, people who've been, how many have a loved one who's been gone for 10 years? You got anyone who's been gone for 10 years? In heaven's time, that's 15 minutes. It's nothing to God. How many have a loved one who's been gone for 20 years? My dad's been gone for over 20 years. In heaven's time, that's less than 30 minutes. He said, look, as far as time goes, God looks at everything in the same frame, and he's not really, he's not, he's not uh, bothered by that. He said, a thousand years to God is like one day to you. He goes, like, a, a minute goes by, it's just, a minute's like 200, it's like eight and a half months. To God, it's just a minute. It goes by quickly. And Moses is given insight into the God of heaven and how he thinks about things. And you and I need to have the urgencies that we heard even tonight about this from Brother, Brother, Brother uh, Seamer about this. But he said, look, as a day for you, is a, a, a thousand years is like one day to you. And he says, it's like a watch in the night. He says, so goes by so fast. In the, in the Hebrew day, there were three watches in the nighttime. And they were divided up in three watches. In the Roman, it was four, four watches and divided about three hours each. And it's not necessarily, if you have a, if a soldier stayed up at night for four hours, it wouldn't be like uh, go by real fast, watching and just waiting for nothing to go by and then have another guy come and relieve you and he takes the next four hours. But at the end of it, it's like, well, it went by pretty quick. How many of you are going to go to work tomorrow? You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're going to be there for eight, 10, 12 hours. You know, when you're going through it, like, oh, man, man, this is kind of, this is going by a little slow. But at the end of the day, you're like, man, we're back pretty quick. He said, that's kind of how our life is. Our days are like that. They go by, they might be a little bit arduous in the middle of it, but at the end of it, they go, this one by pretty quick. My grandmother used to say, life is like a roll of toilet paper, John. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. <laughs> and uh, boy, sometimes you're, you're going through this thing and just, it happens so quick. And the psalmist is saying, Lord, you're where I want to live. You're my God. And you don't think in the same time frame that I think about. And I'm good with that. How many of you are good with that? I think uh, sometimes we have to remind ourselves what the Bible says in Isaiah 55. His ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts then, our thoughts. He does what he wants to do. Psalms 115 verse 3, our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he wants, whatever he pleases. How many would think it would be a good idea for us just to say, I'll just let God be God. I let God do things on his timetable. But God says time is not, is not, we don't think the same way as God thinks about time. But he's going to continue to reference time. Let's look at verse number five, if we can, please. Thou carriest them away as with the flood. They are, they are as asleep. And in the morning, they are like grass, which groweth up. Several places. Can you just hold your place there and go to Psalms 103, would you? Psalms 103 and verse number 15. Psalms 103, hold your place there in Psalms 90. Psalms 103 and verse number 15. Can you read it out loud with me, everybody together? As for man, his days are as... One more time. Can we read it together? As... Here the psalmist says, and of course Moses said this, and David probably said Psalm 103 or Asaph, I don't know who wrote that one. But, uh, but nonetheless, they compare, he said, the man is like grass. You know what grass is? Grass is sown, it's grown, 
It's blown, it's mowed, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, you, you sow seed, you get it to grow, and, uh, and it starts growing. Then you, it, then you cut it down, it blows away, and, and it's gone. He said, that's kind of what man's life is like. Our life, James says it, our life is like a what? Vapor. It appears for a little time and then it goes away. God's reminding us that time is very fragile, very short. It's like the grass. Look at verse number six, if you would please. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. I'm sorry, I think I, in the evening it's cut down and withereth. Verse number seven. For we are consumed by thine anger and thy wrath are we troubled. And of course, uh, Moses is reflecting back upon the funerals and he's reflecting upon the opening of of the ground when, when Korah and his tribe rebelled against Moses. He says, you know, I've seen you get pretty fired up. He said, Lord, you dealt with us with, with wrath. And by the way, um, it's not, it's, wrath is not always a sin. God gets angry sometimes. How many of you have been angry and you think it was justified? It was okay. Sometimes we get angry because we get mad and our rights are, are done we, and it usually causes some issues. But he says, I, I've seen you really get uh, dealt, dealt, you've dealt with us in your anger. Look at verse number eight, would you please? Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. And just to remind your friend, nothing secret with God. Nothing secret with him. I, I think these are some good verses you might want to write down in the barns in your Bible. But the Bible says in, uh, in let's go ahead and look there, Psalms, Psalms 10. Hold your place there in 90 and look at verse, verse number 11 of Psalms 10. Would you read it out loud with me when we get there in just a moment? Psalms 10 and verse number 11, are you ready? Let's say it together, can we please? Psalm 10, verse 11. And he has said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. Boy, is that true or false? Does God see everything? The Bible says all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Proverbs chapter 5, verse number 20, 21. The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. Listen, the next time, sir or ma'am, you, you click on a, a, a TikTok that you know is bad news. You, you follow one of those little shorts on your, on your YouTube that you know that's not healthy for you or anybody else. You might remember there's someone watching. One of the dirty secrets of Satan is that sin is anonymous. The Bible says, be sure your sin will. It's the world's greatest detective. And I think one of us, we need to, we need to, all of us need to realize that we have a God who sees everything. He sees our motives. He sees our actions. He sees our morals. He knows what's going on. I can fool you, you can fool me, we can fool each other. Our, our little private world, what's going on in there, God knows. And he said, not only are my days short, not only is time not see and he's my God, but, but Lord, you know our secret sins. You know what's going on behind my eyeballs. You know what's going on between my ears. You know what's going on on my computer or my phone. You know what I'm texting. You know who I'm texting. You know what I'm emailing. You know what I'm, my, I've got some things that, that other people can't see, but God knows. And so quick, we learn to say, God, I, I, I recognize you. One of the reasons I, I believe in hearing God's word, returning God's tithe, and I'm not banging on this on any other purpose, but to learn the fear of the Lord. The Bible says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Whenever you know God is with you, you elevate your behavior. 
And, and I'm telling you, people who do not honor the Lord with their tithe and they're not interested in the scriptures, they will start, they will, they will start living lower lives. Because you'll elevate your behavior when you feel that you're the presence of God is with you. If you think no one's with you, you think you're by yourself, you'll watch something you shouldn't watch. You'll see something you shouldn't see. You'll talk to someone you shouldn't talk to. You'll go someplace you shouldn't go. You'll drink something you shouldn't drink. You'll hang out with somebody. and You'll listen to a joke or you'll do something. But when you know the presence of God is all over you, that'll elevate your behavior. He said, Lord, you know my secret faults. You know what's going on in between in, in, in all these things. Look, if we can please the rest of the chapter, the rest of the psalm. Verse number uh, 9, for all your, our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. He said, Lord, we have, we, we, it goes by so fast. It's sometimes like someone telling you a joke. How, how long does the average joke last? 30 seconds? 25 seconds? Something like that. I heard about a guy who got pulled over by the police, policeman. And he was speeding. He said, did you see all those speeding signs? He goes, yeah, I saw them. I just didn't see you. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that'd probably cause some problems right there. But uh, you, pick up a, you pick up a little joke. It just takes a little second for me to tell you a little joke. Some of you are still getting it slow freight. You're not even thinking about it. Like that just didn't come across at all. You hear about the little girl that she just got married and her husband said, honey, I wish you could make biscuits like my mother. And it hurt her feelings. She said, I wish you could make dough like my dad. <laughs> and so those girls are sharp. That little tale I told you, just a short thing. It just takes a few seconds. He says, that's kind of how our life goes. It goes by kind of quick, really quick. So many things that is like a tale that's told. Let's continue if we can, please. Verse number 10. For the days of our years are three score and ten. If by reason of strength they be four score and years, Yet is their strength and labor and sorrow and is soon cut off and we fly away. Um, this, of course, is a classic verse. He said the average age of people today is about 70 years. And if you get more than that, there are some folks who live to be 119 or uh, there's some people recorded in the 1700s that lived to be 145. I can't even imagine that. Of course, Abraham lived in, in nearly 180 years. Most of us today, if we can get 70, we feel pretty good. But if by reason of strength you get a few more years than that, it's no walk in the park. How many say getting old is not for sissies? You would agree with that right there. Yeah. It's not a walk in the park. It's challenging. He said, and you know the truth of the matter is, I think another thing too, someone, I didn't do this, but someone picked out the days, uh, you know, like starting at 6 o'clock in the morning and ending at 11 o'clock at night. And he put, put the things, if you're 15 years old, your day is about, is about 1030. He said, if you're 20, you're at about 11, 11, 1145. He said, if you're at, at 55, you're at 832 at night. You just got a few more hours until your 11 o'clock uh, time is up. If you're at 70, you're at 11 o'clock. And God might let you go to midnight, huh? But, you know, our time is going by quickly. He says, oh, listen, time is short, and eternity's long, and they're going to go by very quickly with their thing. And this is a sense of urgency that I think was so beautiful that Brother Seamer brought together. Then look at verse 11, who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. You know, some people underestimate God's ability to judge. 
And they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, I, they, we think we can get by with that, that we can do what we want to do, and God's not going to deal with us. You think this world and so many uh, fight against God, but the truth of the matter is there's a judgment day coming. God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but he is very patient, long-suffering. But the Bible also tells us his spirit will not always strive with man. He said some folks just underestimate God's ability to to deal with sin. He's going to deal with it. Look, if you would please, at the next verse, verse number 12. Read this. This is a classic. Are you ready? So teach us to number our days. He gets that so there. Let's be, here's the lesson now. Teach us to number our days, to evaluate our days, and apply our hearts into wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with uh, thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad in our days. Verse 15, make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Verse number 16, let thy work appear unto thy servants. Lord, I want to see you do a work. And thy glory unto their children. I want you to be glorified in our children. Look at verse 17. Read it out loud with me, would you please? And let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands. Whenever he closes out the psalm, he says, Lord, establish thou. And I think the word establish means to make eternal. To make it eternal. Make what I'm doing with my life matter for eternity. I think that's a great prayer for us in 2023. God, help me to focus on what matters most. We're going to conclude many of our services with this verse right here. Not all of them, but got some other verses I want to show you. But this is a great verse. He said, Lord, would you make what I do matter for eternity? I wonder how much of the stuff we do in this life, it lives and dies right here and does not go and transcend into eternal matters. Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Set your affections on things above. And those are verses I know and you know, but so many things that I do and my time and my, my, my attention, my investments tend not to make eternal things. Let me just give you a couple thoughts regarding time. Number one, I'd like to encourage you to consider um, that you would make your time count for the Lord. Make your time count for the Lord. Every dime that comes in your possession Every hour that goes on your 160 hours between now and the time we see each other next week, uh, make your time. Make your time count for the Lord. Number two, realize you have accountability. In Romans chapter 14, verse 12, you can write it down, but it just says this, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to who? To God. Number one, make your life count for God. Ask yourself, Lord, what I'm doing, does it matter for eternity? Number, will it be established? What, what, I'm, what I'm doing in my life? Now, I know there's, we got to go punch into work tomorrow. We got to do mundane things. I have to do a lot of mundane things I don't enjoy doing. And I'm not sure how much eternal value they have. But the Bible says, whatsoever our hand finds do, do it with thy might. Do it hardly as unto the Lord. I think all ground is holy ground. Every bush is a burning bush. Everything is spiritual in nature. But I do think that we ought to make our life count. Number two, we got to realize we are going to give an account to God. And boy, just that understanding to know that in just a few days I'm going to see Jesus, I think it's very important. I want you to look at the third thought I want to give you, and that is prepare. Prepare yourself. However much, wherever you are on, on the time frame, 
If, if, day, if your day started at 6 o'clock and it's going to end at 11, if, if you're, at the 10, you're 15 years old, you'll say, God, help me to let these next 55 years matter for God. If you find yourself where I am at 55 and at your 8.38 at night, and you're going to close this thing in at 11 o'clock, Lord, help my time to matter for you. Help me prepare myself. Let me ask myself, what do you want me to do? I think fools have no interest in wisdom, but only that their heart can discover itself. I think one thing that is a tragedy of our day, and I got a hold of it, I mean, I got it, I got it real good, is that we just, we don't think. We're, we're so amused about things. We're just looking for the next party, the next vacation, the next, the next thing that can bring something happy to me. And I think it's, a, I think it's, our heart can discover stuff. Just find something that will make me think better or enjoy life better. I can get something, do something, or be something. And God has put all of that inside of us, but it must be tempered with the understanding of the God that's our God, that he's our habitation. He sets our times. Our times are in his what? Hands. And the last thing I would share with you tonight is, is that give your best to the Lord. Give your best to the Lord. Whatever that may be, there are several verses that come to my mind. I think of Matthew chapter 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteous. Brother Young preached a great message on that recently. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with what you have, with your substance. And with anything God gives you that's increased, honor him. I don't think that's only about tithing. That's, that's just about... If he's giving you something, use it for him and give your best to him. Don't give him your leftovers. I don't know where you are in life, but I believe God in his wisdom has challenged us. Establish thou the work of our hands. The work of our hands, Lord, establish thou it. Make my life count for God. There's a beautiful song. I want my life to count for something. I want it to matter for eternity. And I think you do as well. We only have one life. We have one investment to make. And if we live for today, we live for ourselves. we'll have a regrettable mistake. May God help us to look for the eternal and stay faithful in that. Realize our times are in his hands and he deserves our best. We're accountable to him. Let's give him our best. Let's, let's, let's ask God to help us. Some of you, you need, I'm just going to tell you in a practical way, there's something God wants you to do and you don't want to do it because you, you, you know that's going to be work. Some of you, beautiful people, stood up and did taught a Sunday class. Some of you should ta- teach a Sunday school class. Some of you should start playing your instrument in the orchestra. What are you doing? Some of you ought to be singing. Some of you ought to be at Super Saturday Soul Winning, quit making excuses why you, you're an exception to the rule. Some of you ought to jump on the bus route. You ought to find something, and, and you ask God. He's gonna, he'll rattle your cage. He'll help you. Some of you might want to get to the jail ministry. Some of you may want to be up going with Brother Vogel over here to, to disciple these young sailors in the middle of the week. I don't know. You ask the Lord, but let God rattle your cage. You only got one life, and time is passing by. The long we lay us down to sleep and pray the Lord our soul to keep, I should awake before I die and realize time is passing by. May God help us understand that. And our days go by quickly. 
And we have an accountability. We're going to see Jesus. One thing all of us are going to do in just a few days, we're going to walk, look into the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glad we did or wish we would have.